listening to True G Radio. Turn up that dial. Welcome to Faith Radio with your host, Dr. Daniel Merrick. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. But that's the translation, but that's wrong. The Lord is not the translation. It is uh, Yahweh or Yahweh. So that's his name. He who causes to be. In other words, that's, that's God's name. So get your Bible and get ready to study the word of Almighty Yahweh with Dr. Dan. That's his name. It isn't Lord. Who has believed their message? And now, Dr. Dan. Welcome to Faith Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Merrick. I hope that you are having a wonderful feast season. Just a few short days ago, three days ago, was the sighted moon of Yom Teruah for the Feast of Trumpets, or the Feast of Trumpets and Shouting, as some have said. And we see this in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 15.52 and in Matthew 24 when the Messiah says that uh, he will gather his people together and they shall meet him in the air at the sound of the last trumpet. So now as we go from Yom Truah, the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Shouting, and you know, it, it says in the scripture with a great shout, they shall enter uh, in when Messiah returns. So there's a lot of um, different doctrines that get battled about and argued over in the different uh, uh, types of faith out there, religions out there. Um, some teach the Christian modern evangelical doctrine uh, of the rapture happening before tribulation. And um, and then there's the more biblical understanding that the uh, calling up and the change happens at the sound of the last trumpet uh, in tribulations near the end of tribulation, which I think is a more biblical, correct view of it. But no, no matter what your view of it is, there will come a time when Messiah shall return, when the Father shall turn to the Son and say, go back and get our people, go back and get those who are um, saved, those who are to be Uh, dressed in robes of white and changed into incorruptible flesh or sinless flesh, as it says, 1 Corinthians 15, 52. I've preached this scripture many, many times, and um, I I wanted to uh, um, get a little synopsis going here for um, uh, those that hadn't heard my preaching on this subject, on blowing the shofar and uh, celebrating the Feast of Trumpets, which we believe in the um, following of the Messianic Yahudim or those Hebrew roots believers that follow the original scriptures and don't follow a doctrinal religion per se, but follow the Bible or the scriptures rather than follow the teachings and doctrines of men. And the, the Messiah said in... Uh, in the New Covenant writings, in the Brit Hadashah, 
Uh, in vain they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And the commandments of men are the, are the doctrines of religions that men have added things to and said, it's this way, it's that way, it's the other way. Well, it's no different with the Jewish religions and the Christian religions and the Muslim religion and all the religions. There are men that have added things that are not there. Like a lot of people go, well, in Islam, they say that the, the Quran says Allah had no son. Okay, well, Allah isn't his name. Allah is a, a Aramaic, Aramaic version of the word Eloah, Eloah or Elohim uh, from the Hebrew. And originally the name of Yah was there, not, not a title which meant a deity or, or a cre uh, the creator, you know, because in English we have the word God, but correctly his name is Yah, and um, uh, most people who in modern United States uh, Protestant evangelical faith and, and even among Catholic faith and such um, uh, recognize the word Yahweh or Yahuwah uh, as the creator's name. But... Um, uh, their doctrines that they put together are doctrines and things that may, are made up by men. And it's no different with the Jewish religion. I mean, you go to, like, for example, Catholicism, and they have the confirmation in the church and, and all these sorts of things, which are just uh, um, uh, similar to the bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah for a girl at age 13 when they become a... Uh, an adult under the eyes of the Jewish religion. But there's nothing really in the scripture that says when or when not a person has reached the age of accountability, only that a person who is a, a, a preacher or a, a rabbinical priest, according to the law of Moses, that they, they begin their ministry at age 30 and they are to retire by age 50, at age 50. So uh, we see that um, Yahshua began his ministry uh, at age 30 in accordance with the law of Moses as a both a prophet and as Messiah. He started his preaching at age 30. So when we look at this in the Yom Trua season and, and we consider things, there are traditions in Judaism that are not found in the Bible. For example, they call the fall feast of trumpets, Yom Truah, the Rosh Hashanah, the head of the new year. Well, that's according to the Babylonian calendar, which was, they say, is the civil calendar now among, among the Jewish religion. And they claim, well, it's, it's because uh, uh, of this or that or the other thing. And there's lots of doctrinators out there <clears throat> that will go ahead and um, they'll say, oh, it's because of, uh, you know, the uh, um, Jubilee year. Because the Jubilee is announced at Yom Truah, the year before Jubilee starts in the springtime at the real New Year in Aviv in the spring. Um, and they find a lot of excuses to try to twist their doctrines so that you understand their way of, of doing things rather than just go to the original scriptures and read what's there. It says what it says. You can't change the word of Yah as it was given to, Moshe, uh, to Moses, and you can't change the word of Yah to fit your own pet doctrines. And that's the problem with 
most of the doctrinal arguments that are out there today, okay? So they say in the traditions of Judaism that you count 10 days from Yom Truah to the Feast of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and that you use those days to uh, make Teshlik or um, Teshiva, and you uh, ask for forgiveness of sins, and you forgive other sins, and you, anybody you wronged, you go to and say, um, <clears throat> you uh, ask them for forgiveness. Well, uh, the idea of making amends for past wrongs is a, a principle we find in the Scripture where Messiah taught us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive others who have sinned against us, or forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, they say in the Protestant church, uh, forgive us our trespasses uh, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And But the concept is the same, is that if we want to be forgiven, we have to forgive. If we want to find peace with Yah, we have to find peace by bringing it among human man and among our fellow uh, people that we sojourn with in this life. And so, when you look at this, um, you see how many religions have done all kinds of crazy doctrines considering this period of the ten days of awe that they call it um, by the doctrine of Judaism and the doctrine even of Islam. Uh, in Islam, during the Ramadan, the men take whips and beat themselves, which is is a self-flagellance, which actually comes from the Roman Catholic doctrine of uh, wearing nail belts and, and things like that to put yourself through suffering so that you get closer to the suffering of Messiah or, or put yourself through pain so you get closer to the pain that the Creator feels when we, uh, when we stray from His past. These ideas are men's doctrines. They're not the doctrines of Yah. So, when we come to the doctrines of Yah, and we see, like in the Messiah's Prayer, uh, which the Catholic Church calls the Lord's Prayer, um, uh, they call it Our Fathers, you know. If you go to Catholic Confession, they tell you, we'll say ten Our Fathers and five Hail Marys, and and you're forgiven. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but that's the doctrines of men. So, when we get to this season, we do think of It's a time when we're looking forward to the return of Messiah and then the Day of Atonement is literally when the bride and the wedding feast of the Lamb is really represented here and that you're forgiven of your sins and given robes of white and enter into a feast. Going into the thousand-year reign and the thousand-year reign of Messiah, which is represented by Yom Kippur, by the fasting and praying for forgiveness of sins and the forgiveness of others. Because Yah's not slack, the King James says, as some people count slackness, not willing that any should perish. Therefore, he's given a new thousand years of, of a second chance with the millennial kingdom before the feast of Tabernacles is completed in the tabernacle of Yah, the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven. And then the last great day, which is the eighth and seventh, well, it's the seventh feast. It's called the eighth day assembly because it happens right, the day right after the seven day feast of, uh, uh, of Sukkot or tabernacles. 
And it represents Judgment Day. And you can see it in Revelation. It says, and after this, all were resurrected, even those that weren't resurrected in the first resurrection. And they appear before the throne of Yah Almighty in heaven. And then all people are judged and given rewards for their service to the kingdom and to bring people to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Yahshua HaMashiach and Yahuwah Almighty, our King of the universe, our Master, our Creator. So when we compare the doctrines of men and we get down to the nitty-gritty, down to the actual scriptures and what they say, we see that there is a difference between what the doctrines of men teach and the doctrines of the scripture actually say. So, if we stick with the original scriptures and not the offshoots of men coming up with crazy ideas the way, the way they think it is, rather than just reading what's there. For example, in the month of Aviv, or Abib, depending on how you say it, from the Chaldean and the Hebrew, um, it shall be the first month of the year. For it was in spring, it says Leviticus, and in the Old Testament, in the covenant writings of the Tanakh. It says, it was in spring that you came out of Egypt. And that's the beginning of the year. So the year doesn't begin in fall. It begins in the spring. So, um, uh, now the announcement of the Jubilee, it will come in the Feast of Yom Trua, so that you have a warning ahead of time that you're in a sabbatical year and now you're going into another sabbatical year, so you need to be prepared for that by counting the proper number of years to the Jubilee year so that you can keep the Jubilee. And Jubilee is really all about forgiveness. That's what it's all about. It's it's a Yom Kippur atonement, forgiveness, sacred time. And when you correspond that with the thousand-year millennial reign of Yahshua HaMashiach, when Yahuwah himself has his kingdom on earth for that thousand years, you can see that it is the way of restoring and redeeming our faith to exactly the ways that Yah intended it. So it is an example of what's coming up. Ten days after the sighted moon, I keep the sighted moon calendar. Um, of course, a lot of people keep the blank sky. And so right now, as I'm preaching this message and teaching this message, um, we're three days into the ten days from the actual uh, sighted moon feast of Yom Trua in 2022. So, what I wanted to get across to you is that when you keep the feast and when you celebrate these things, however you are doing it, um, some people are doing it in their own uh, homes, their own backyards, for Sukkot, and, and uh, uh, some people are gathering in different places to camp out together and to uh, uh, be in tents and uh, to be as close to obeying the commandment as possible. But however you're doing it, you should do it unto Yah and with a heart 
of forgiveness for anyone and everyone who did anything wrong to you in any way whatsoever. And in a humble, contrite, and repentant Toshiva heart, asking for forgiveness of your own sins, because we are still trapped in the sinless, in the sinful flesh, and we don't have the sinless flesh yet. Our sinless flesh will come later at the return of Messiah when we're all converted. 1 Corinthians 15, 52, preached it a million times, <laughs> if, if not if not a million, at least 10,000, I don't know. But uh, preached it many, many times and uh, preached what it says there at the sound of the last trumpet, not at the sound of a voice that sounds like a trumpet, like the Christian doctrine said, tries to claim the pre-tribulation rapture, but at the last trumpet, the seventh trumpet, then the dead and Messiah rise first, then those of us who remain alive, if we're alive at that time, will be raised up in the air, and we shall be changed, for we shall be like him, sinless flesh, and we shall be changed and given robes of white and prepared for the wedding feast of the Lamb uh, as the first of the resurrection of the end-time millennium kingdom. Because those who remain alive will not be changed until the end of the millennium. So those that remain alive, it says in the scripture in Malachi, it says a young man will be a hundred years old. A young babe will be a hundred years old um, in the millennium. So there's going to be a lot of things that are a lot different than they are nowadays where most people live to be 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, depending on the country you're in, 80 years old, depending on health care and your diet and a whole lot of factors that go, go into that. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's something to think about, you know, and something to pray about and consider in all your doings in life that you don't know how long you have until the Heavenly Father says, okay, it's time to take that dirt nap. So we should try to do the things which are righteous and sacred and try to do goodness and kindness to other people. Now, we, are, we all have gone through some really tough times all over the world. And many people have written me, many people have talked to me on the internet and such, and we went through COVID. And then uh, uh, this inflation. And then... Uh, 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 now they're saying it's going to be a world inflation. And then the war where Russia attacked Ukraine for no good cause, except that they wanted somebody else's land. And that's really a sin of coveting. They coveted what Ukraine had and thought that they could go and take it from the Ukrainians, which is uh, uh, not only against the, the law of the Almighty to do such a thing, but it's also against the laws of the United Nations and the laws by which nations rule themselves and keep their sovereign territories and negotiate between countries for free trade and all this other uh, sort of uh, things that mankind has come up with in, in, the, in the world economy and in the world uh, trading of food and health and care and, and other, other things that the world does. So we see that this has happened and we should be merciful and praying and trying to help others. And that's what we've tried to do here with Faith Radio 
and with um, the congregation Yahshua Messiah gathering, which is called such because the gathering unto Messiah is the people of Yah. And uh, that shall be at the sound of the last trumpet during Yom Teruah. So when we think of this, and as we go toward the Day of Atonement, and uh, 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 I don't see anything wrong with trying to uh, make amends, to uh, ask for forgiveness, to ask for forgiveness of your own sin, and to forgive others. I see nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, we don't want to make it a new religious doctrine that isn't taken from scriptures, um, and, and we should hold to the scriptures the, from the Torah, the Tanakh, the Brit Hadashah, the New Covenant writings, and, and look at it and say, okay, I'm going to do this in a scriptural way, not in a religious way of the doctrines of men. Because in Deuteronomy 12, we're, we're warned, we're saying, do not go and worship Yahuwah, your Creator, the Almighty, in the same way that the pagans and uh, that worship their false deities, and in the same way that uh, these um, uh, other religions worship their gods, or their deities, or their idols, or their statues, or their whatever. Okay? So, we're supposed to keep our worship and our methods pure by the will of the Almighty, which He's given to us in the Scriptures. So we follow the Scriptures, we don't follow the doctrines of men, and uh, we consider our lives in the past, and our lives in the future, and our present lives in a way that we try to do that which is right in the eyes of Yah toward all mankind. Um, and yes, We've been through a lot of trouble, and there's a lot of great needs out there. And uh, these, these needs, some of which uh, we as a congregation have been trying to help and meet the needs of others. Um, and uh, we have, uh, for example, brought people over from Ukraine out of the war zone. We've also uh, sent food and uh, help and money to other lands uh, over the years to feed people and to help People, we've sent scriptures, we've sent Bibles uh, and, and, and books and writings and such so that we could share the faith as we understand it with people all over the world. And we're trying to do better in our efforts now that we've gotten through the period of COVID and uh, several other things. But uh, we want to thank you, those of you who've helped over the years, and say a blessing to you from Almighty Yah for having helped us to meet our expenses and bills and needs and, and on our, uh, in, in your gifts and offerings and helping us to help others all around the world. And so we, wanna, we don't want to be lax in saying thank you to you. And forgive us if we've forgotten to be thankful, but we do pray for you and we pray for a blessing from Almighty Yah upon all his people that honor the, the, the scriptures and honor the right ways and do try to help others and, and do try to help by contributing an offering. As it says in the scripture, three times a year you shall not come empty unto Yahuwah, but you shall go to the place which Yah has caused his name to dwell, and there you shall give your tithes, your gifts, and your offerings. In that 
First fruits offering in Leviticus chapter 23 is three times a year. At the Feast of Unleavened Bread, there is the uh, first fruits of barley. When you are to give an offering to the priests and to the teachers and the preachers and whatever you can do to help with the work of Yah. Because there's no temple in Jerusalem now, so we don't take a tithe to the temple in Jerusalem. We take a tithe to the temple which is built without hands to bring about salvation and the message of salvation of the world. And that's done three times a year. Feast of Unleavened Bread, Barley, Feast of Weeks, or uh, what uh, Catholicism and Christianity calls Pentecost, and then in the Feast of Tabernacles time, we give another offering, all that we can give. And those offerings of barley, wheat, and fruit-bearing trees and vines are or originally were an agricultural offering. But nowadays, we uh, replace the agricultural offering with a monetary offering in most times, in most parts of the world, so that we can buy what's needed in the way of food and such to remember the widows, the orphans, the homeless, the hungry, the, the naked, the need clothed, those who are thirsty that need clean water to drink, those who need medicine to, to bind up their wounds. And that is what the purpose of the congregation of Yah is supposed to be about. We're supposed to be about leading people to salvation and meeting all the needs we can and all the healing we can through prayer, through anointing, through worship, through fellowship, to build the congregation of Yah so that when the last trumpet sounds, we have a large multitude which no man can number, dressed in robes of white, meet him in the air, and come back down to earth for the thousand-year millennial reign. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, we die, go to heaven, and oh, rapture comes, we go to heaven. No, eventually, at the end of millennium, it says, I, John, book of Revelation, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, adorned like a bride, coming down out of heaven, and it was on a renewed earth, that the earth gets renewed, restored to originally what Yah intended it to be, and the new Jerusalem or heaven comes to earth, and we dwell with Yahuwah on the earth forever and ever. That's the plan of Yah. That's what the scriptures say. Now, can, uh, can we dispute the scriptures and change the doctrine of Yah by just coming up with our own ideas? No, we can't. And that's the whole point of this show and on Yom Trua and on Atonement and on the Sukkot season 2022 is that we cannot change the doctrine of Yah by the teachings of men. We can't do it. And, and those that do it and try to do it, they have to answer for that to Almighty Yah on the last day. And I don't relish, um, I don't uh, look forward to seeing that happen to anyone. So, we have to have a contrite heart and a forgiving heart as we go into the Yom Kippur season. We have to say, I forgive everyone that's wronged me, and I ask everyone that I've wronged to forgive me, and I ask the Heavenly Father to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me with the blood of Yahshua HaMashiach that was a sacrifice for sin on the stake 
and who rose from the dead and shall come back again to save all his people. And that is the message of salvation that we all should be trying to teach and preach and walk in in faith unto Yah. Now, a lot of people have said, you know, you see it on the internet, on Facebook and the different social networks, and so they go, oh, we're already in the tribulation period. Well, we are in tribulation, but we're not yet in the great tribulation, which, because the great tribulation happens when the anti-Messiah rules the earth and all nations bow to a false Messiah. And that hasn't happened yet in truth worldwide. Also, Revelation 13, the tribulation period, the anti-Mashiach, or the, that which is against Messiah and against Yahuwah, uh, that's led by Hasatan against the people of Yah, will begin persecution and murder of those who are true believers. And, um, of course, you can read the book of Revelations, you see that there's a remnant that is saved and, and, and that Satan isn't allowed to destroy, but um, we see also that there is a mark inside the right arm or forehead to buy and to sell, and then that mark um, is, is required for people to do normal uh, economy, buying food, business, and such. And so we see that, uh, that um, uh, we're not yet in the great tribulation period, but we are in tribulation. And if you go to our website at yahbible.org, I have some books there uh, about the, the, the truth, uh, Babylon Mystery Religion, about um, the coming of Mashiach. And I use scriptures, and I expose those false doctrines that are out there. I expose uh, the truth versus the air according to scriptures. Now, there's a lot of people even in what you'd call Hebrew roots and Messianic Jewish faith that will say, oh no, Dan Merrick, he's got it wrong. This is right, this isn't right. According to what we think, we think it's this and that and the other thing. But you know what? Every time these teachers and preachers come out of the woodwork and try to contend with me, they always run up against the Scripture, and the Scripture says different than what they're teaching in their false doctrines. So I encourage you, research it out. Read the Scriptures. Get a... Ungers, a bridge and drivers, a Bible dictionary, get Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic words, uh, studies, so that you can know what you're studying, find out what the real words mean, find out really what Yah was trying to express to us, and get more in depth, and you'll find out that the doctrines of men are not the doctrines of the We'll be right back after this message and talk more about Yom Trua, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. You can reach Dr. Dan, Dr. Dan. Dan and become his friend on MySpace at myspace.com slash Daniel Merrick. MySpace.com slash Daniel Merrick. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-M-E-R-R-I-C-K. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Daniel W. Merrick. Facebook.com slash Daniel W. Merrick. D-A-N-I-E-L-W-M-E-R-R-I-C-K. And don't forget to join his free social network at Yaz Space, Y-A-H-S Space dot org.
Hey, you can tweet me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Daniel W. Welcome back to the first episode of our 13th season. Now, I've been recording Faith Radio um, on this podcast platform with, uh, um, uh, it's owned by Spotify. It's uh, Potterific. Is what I had originally, and I was on several radio stations. and And when we did the mix for the intro, uh, we used um, uh, some of the stuff from Aviad Cohen's recordings with his permission at the time to uh, use his uh, recordings and and such. And he was a famous rapper uh, by the name Fifty Shekel. Um, it was a takeoff from 50 Cent <laughs> in the rap world. And he became 50 Shekel, and he claimed faith in Yahshua Messiah as a Jew. And then um, he passed away at a young age. So he's, uh, he's, uh, he's not with us anymore. But we continue to use that intro uh, in uh, a way of honoring his name and honoring his conversion to the Messiah. Um, and it's that way with a lot of people in our lives, I think. Um, uh, back in 2007, my first wife died at a young age of 47 years old uh, down in Fort Myers, Florida. And, um, uh, you know, uh, we think about this, about those who've gone on before us. Uh, my parents have passed away and, and um, uh, both of them are are buried in uh, Lakeview Cemetery in Cleveland, Ohio. And um, and we think about this, <clears throat> and when we talk about Jewish traditions of religions versus the scriptures and what we're supposed to do, I mean, they have traditions. They, they say Kaddish for the dead and such like that. And um, I don't think there's anything wrong with praying for the dead, per se, and uh, giving a blessing to their memory, you know, and honoring your mother and your father, even though they passed on, and honoring your uh, past people that have been in your life that have made a contribution to the efforts of the kingdom in one way or another, or or that you've had interaction with, and and of course we pray that um, uh, those that have gone before us will be forgiven on the last day. And that their names will be written in the book of life and in the book of remembrances, Malachi 3.16, those who think on the name of Yah, Yah wrote a book of remembrance about. And so um, we look back at these past uh, things like that, and we try to be circumspect. In other words, pay very close attention to what we do versus religion in relationship with Yah. So we want to forgive those who've wronged us or we've wronged them in some way in our past that may have gone on. And we say prayers that, please, Father Yah, accept them on the last day. Uh, forgive them of their sins also. Uh, Messiah said, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And so if you're a believer in Yahshua HaMashiach and you forgive a person their sins, then that right by the word of Yah and the Brit HaDashah has been given to us as believers to forgive others their sins 
and to pray for them, especially when they've been bound to us in marriage. Um, and uh, we want to be a, a representative of their salvation so that they are not cast in the lake of fire on the last day. We don't want to be cast in the lake of fire, so why would we want anybody that we uh, had in our lives to be responsible for um, uh, any sins that could cause them eternal damnation in the second death? So this is the kind of contrite attitude I'm trying to express to you as we go to Yom Kippur, is that we have the attitude that we love and forgive all wrongs done us, and we ask the Heavenly Father to forgive them also so that they will be judged worthy on the last days to enter the kingdom of heaven and to receive robes of white and to receive the joy of the Almighty, even if only by inheritance uh, they may have been converted uh, to the faith and no, or had a relationship with Yeshua Messiah and with the Heavenly Father. But still, we have to be uh, circumspect and pay close attention so that we know in our hearts when we pray and ask believing that that the Heavenly Father will grant our requests. Within his will, of course, we have to be humble and that we're not the creator, but we can ask and we can beg and we can cry and pray and, and seek the Heavenly Father's forgiveness for others also, for the witness and a testimony on the judgment day, so that we, on judgment day, can say, listen, this is what I prayed, Father, for this person, and hold no charge against them, but let the sacrifice of Messiah cover their sins so that they can be worthy to enter the kingdom. It is a bequest of the King of the universe and the Creator that we can make as believers and have that authority given by Messiah and the Brit Hadashah to bind these things on earth that need to be bound on the last day before the throne of Almighty in heaven so that these people that we loved will make it into the kingdom, and then they will have their opportunity to serve Yah in righteousness and in truth forever and ever. And we pray that they'll be resurrected on that day when the trumpet sounds, Yom Trua. When that Yom Trua comes, that last trumpet sound, we pray they'll be resurrected. And we pray that they will be given forgiveness on the last day and that we also might be forgiven. This is the attitude we should have. Now, I, I, uh, I know lots of people at my old age that have gone on before. They have passed from this life into the next life, and they are uh, asleep awaiting the kingdom. I pray that they are as the thief on the, on the tree, Yahshua said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He didn't say, today you'll be with me in heaven. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And so uh, paradise is a separate place where the dead sleep and know nothing, but the spirit converted the, the life essence, the breath of Yah that they really were, 
the life that they really were, is goes to paradise and it's comforted until the coming of Yahshua Messiah, then the resurrection of the dead happens. We don't die and go to heaven. I'm sorry, that's not scriptural doctrine. We die and go to sleep. Our spirit, if we're converted, goes and is comforted. And then at the resurrection, we are joined back to spiritual renewed bodies, physical bodies at the resurrection of the last trumpet, and then we go to the new Jerusalem at the end of the millennium. Everybody has to appear before the judgment throne on the last great day, the eighth day assembly, uh, which is celebrated by tradition and by scriptures as a fasting day, Yom Kippur, um, is also a symbol of that fast, and it's a symbol of that atonement millennial period that we go into. Um, where we make restoration and amends to the uh, of of all things unto Yah, for Yah shall bring those things into remembrance that we need to follow the things of Yah and call His name for salvation. Whosoever shall call on the name of Yahshua Hamashiach, Yahuwah Almighty, for salvation shall be saved. And the Scripture says this. So we have to sometimes by proxy recognize that um, with the knowledge that men had at the time, maybe they called on a different name, but we can count it unto them righteousness by saying these prayers and saying these things and binding these things on earth that they might be bound in heaven for the eternal kingdom. So um, I think if we have a right attitude, Yah will honor our prayers, and he will respect that his word has gone forth, and it shall not come back void. That's what the scripture says. It will not come back void. So we look forward to the day when the last trumpet sounds, and all of the dead in Messiah rise again, and we enter into that millennial 1,000-year reign of Messiah, and that is going to be, I always like to say it's a thousand-year Bible class. <laughs> Everybody's going to learn the things. And there's a, been a prophecy that was uh, said in time past, and, and um, it was based on Scripture that said, um, in the kingdom, those who knew shall teach those who did not know the truth. So I think there's going to be some that are resurrected that are going to have to go through Bible classes too and be taught by those that knew or that know uh, that which we didn't know, which we didn't see in fullness uh, while we were yet alive. So this is important for us to have a proper faith-based, scriptural-based attitude in how we keep the feast. We don't go to the place where Yah's name doesn't dwell we go to the place where Yah's name does dwell. We give our tithes and offerings, and we give our blessings, and we say our prayers, and we give our worship unto Yah alone, the Almighty, in the fullness of the knowledge of Mashiach, Yahshua, who is leading us and living out the life of righteousness through us by His Spirit. Galatians 5th chapter. So we need to go and study the Word so we know these things and we can follow the right ways of Yah and not follow the doctrines of men. Because Messiah himself said, 
uh, it was in Matthew and in Mark 7, 7. In vain they worship me, worship Yahuwah, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. So there's a doctrine that's from Yah, the scriptures, and then there's the commandments of men, which are not necessarily the doctrines of Yah. And even though some in part might be the doctrines of Yah, we have to go to the source. Go to Yahshua HaMashiach, go to Yahuwah Almighty, go to the scriptures and read the prophets, read the writings, read the words. Because there's a lot of people that go, oh, no, you know, these, these people, this whole race of people are going to, they're never going to make it in the kingdom and they're going to go to the lake of fire. And, and the people pass judgment. And we're told in scripture, don't pass judgment because there's one who will judge on the judgment day. It's not for us to pass that. And then there's other prophetic scriptures that say like, uh, uh, you'll no longer say these guys from Egypt and Assyria uh, uh, we're not following Yah, but you'll say my brothers and my sisters who are of Yah because they are brought into the kingdom. There is a remnant, a multitude, which no man can number in robes of white on that day that is John wrote, Yohanan wrote in Revelation that the multitude which no man could number from all kindreds, nations, tribes, and tongues. So you can't say that just because they're in this group or in that group of kindreds, nations, tribes, and tongues that they're not filled with the spirit of Yah and they haven't been converted and they haven't been because the day comes when the Holy Spirit of Yah is dwelling in all those multitude which no one can number of every kindred, nation, tribe, and tongue. So we can't say, oh, well, the message of salvation is is just to the Jew because he came for the lost house of Israel. Well, that's a nice little pet doctrine to exclude everybody else and say if you're not a true DNA Jew that you can't be saved. But the reality of it is, is Messiah himself, who was a true DNA Jew, said, whosoever believeth shall be saved. And the scripture, even in Tanakh, says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of Yah, or Yahuwah, shall be saved. In Joel chapter, uh, in the book of Joel, and in Joel chapter 2, we read, we read it there. You know, that, uh, that there's coming a time when he pours out his spirit on all flesh. And so, and, and I believe we're in that time now, and um, we're going to see some mighty things happen just before the Great Tribulation period. So uh, we need to get ready, and we need to give, get willing to give all we can to spread the message of the truth of Yahshua Messiah and Yahuwah Almighty, His Ten Commandments, and, and to teach the truth. Matthew 5.17, He didn't come to do away with the commandments. He came to fulfill. And what's the best way to fulfill? To obey His commandments and follow those big Ten Commandments and follow the law of Yah. Keep the seven feasts of Leviticus chapter 23. Keep the three offerings of first fruits, Leviticus chapter 23. Follow the ways of Yah. Teach truth and salvation in love to all mankind, regardless of kindred, nation, tribe, tongue, skin color, whatever. Preach salvation. If you're preaching salvation, you don't have to worry about what kind of sins their pet sin that they're doing. You are going to lead them out of it because the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, will lead them away from their sins, will lead them into the eternal kingdom. Because let the work of Yah be the work of Yah. We should do uh, teaching, study, research, preaching salvation, giving to the poor, helping the widows and orphans, 
and doing the right things in the eyes of Yah and obeying his commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments, he said. So we should show our love by keeping the commandments of Yah and preaching salvation to the world. If you'd like to give to this ministry and to our efforts to help people around the world and to save people out of war zones and, and to work with refugee services and to work in feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and getting clean water and uh, also paying for our expenses. We have expenses. Uh, we have electric bills and light bills and, and uh, uh, different kinds of web uh, does, uh, do, web costs, you know, for our, our, our web space and such like that. And so it costs a lot of money to keep this ministry going. So we do appreciate those who have given. And if you just go to yahspace.org, you can join our free social network over there and go to yahbible.org. You can get our books, Bible translations, and you can contribute to this ministry and help us to help others and do it in the name of Yahshua Messiah and Yahuwah Almighty. And we bless you and thank you for that. Until next time, I'm Dan Merrick for The Faith of Yah Radio. Talk to you later. This radio broadcast depends on the contributions of viewers like you. We appreciate your tithes and offerings and the gifts of our supporters and listeners worldwide. Without your kind gifts and offerings, we cannot reach so many with the good news of Messiah's love and salvation. To give your gift online, you can click the PayPal button at thinkya.org. That's T-H-I-N-K-Y-A-H dot org. Or visit our social network at yahsspace.org. That's Y-A-H-S space dot org. Our goal is to continue to reach the world for Messiah, and your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated and help keep this broadcast on the air.